0: Welcome to the Cove's audio articles, where you can listen to some of the Cove's best articles rather than read them. This article is written by Major General Chris Field and is titled On Operations, Operation Art and Military Disciplines, A Review. Brett Friedman holds a BA in History from Ohio State University an MA in National Security and Strategic Studies from the U.S. Naval War College and is currently enrolled in King's College, London, studying the early U.S. Marine Corps USMC and Naval Strategy. He serves in the Marine Corps Reserve as a field artillery officer and is the author of On Tactics A Theory of Victory in Battle. Friedman writes that the operational level of war blocks the grammar of tactics from interacting with the logic of strategy. Through blocking this tactical strategic interaction the operational level of war cannot find solid purchase as an idea because there is simply no logical space for it. In place of logic the operational level of war is defined and distinguished by levels of command, scale, size, and complexity. Attending USMC Command and Staff College in 2000, the author studied the operational level of war, or OLO, commencing with Operation Cartwheel, the reduction of Rubel, June 1943 to January 1944. More than two decades later, Friedman writes that the operational level of war as a fundamentally Western concept does not exist. Instead, Friedman argues that an optimal warfighting system includes a calculated relationship of tactics interacting with strategy, supported and enabled by operational art, professionally educated planners, and appropriate organizational structures. Verifying Friedman's ideas, the late Professor Colin S. Gray recognized that it is inherently sensible to approach policy, strategy, operational art, and tactics in a descending hierarchy. However, Gray argues that these realms need to be viewed as mutually dependent partners, related essentially horizontally as well as on the ladder of subordination. The hierarchical view of levels of war, with its inevitable implication of a descent from matters of greater to lesser importance, can conceal the interdependencies giving integrity to the whole. The purpose of this review is to examine Friedman's ideas on the operational level of war and operational art. In doing so, the author is challenging more than 20 years of personal, professional military education, experience and thinking. The author is prepared to face this challenge because Friedman, and others, make a compelling argument. This argument should now elevate as professional reading, review and reflection by Australian Defence Force, ADF, personnel. Is Friedman Alone in His Thinking? Friedman's thesis is supported by Alien, How Operational Art Devoured Strategy published in 2009 by Australian authors Dr. Michael Brennan and Brigadier Justin Kelly. Brennan and Kelly argue that, without historical or doctrinal reference, the operational level of war was copied into US doctrine from the Soviets, which severed campaign planning from the concept of strategy. In turn, the American conception of war magnified the importance of campaigns and tactics while minimizing the importance of strategy. In 2010, Professor Hugh Straughan, who acknowledges Brennan and Kelly, published Strategy or Alibi, Obama, McChrystal, and the Operational Level of War, arguing that, during the Cold War, the focus lay on the relationship between operations and tactics, not least because the Cold War itself defined the strategic context. After the end of the Cold War, the framework provided by strategy weakened, and the operational level of war assumed strategic significance, not least in the development of counterinsurgency theory, Strawn notes that in the 1980s, the operational level of war and its bundle of associated ideas, including maneuver and then maneuverism, spread through NATO's armies like wildfire and remain present in their doctrines today. Strawn observes that although the operational level of war was presented as the bridge between strategy and tactics, the orientation of the operational level in the late 1980s was towards the interface with tactics, not strategy. After all... In the late 1980s, with the Cold War still running, the political context, including employment of nuclear weapons, was clear enough. Strawn concludes that the operational level of war was developed in a policy-free zone in which military expertise was unfettered and where the armies reasserted their authority over war's conduct. Also in 2010, Gray published The Strategy Bridge, Theory for Practice warning that the interpolation of an operational level of war between strategy and tactics, far from being a link, may more often than not be a barrier between the two, or worse, an excuse to ignore one or the other. In 2012, William F. Owen, who also acknowledges Brennan and Kelly, published The Operational Level of War Does Not Exist, stating that The operational level of war is not fit for purpose and has attempted to create an artificial and flawed linkage between strategy and tactics – continues that this has two negative effects first it has denigrated and marginalised tactics and second it has undermined the correct understanding of strategy Owen continues popular military history and especially regimental or unit histories constantly fail to recognise that outstanding courage and sacrifice are not the same as good tactics it could even be said that if you have to resort to courage and sacrifice tactical skill is lacking more often than not heroism gets advanced to cover up poor tactical conduct. Thus, the understanding of what creates successful tactics is largely absent from a lot of modern doctrine. Owen observes that confusion in defining good tactics makes something called the operational level of war seem alluring. He concludes that, It might even be suggested that commanders are drawn to describing themselves as working at the operational level because it allows them to avoid responsibility for bad tactics. In 2020, Dr. Jonathan Stroden confirmed in Why Special Operations? A Risk-Based Theory. The Special Operations community view that the operational level of war is a barrier between strategy and tactics. At their essence, Special Operations aim to bypass the operational level of war and connect tactical actions by small groups of military individuals directly to strategic aims. Namely, the solution of challenges at the level of policy. Therefore, Supported by ideas from at least six eminent writers, we can conclude that Friedman is not alone in his thinking that the operational level of war does not exist. Instead, Friedman argues an optimal warfighting system includes a calculated relationship of tactics, interacting with strategy, supported and enabled by operational art, professionally educated planners, and appropriate organisational structures. On Operations, Operational Art and Military Disciplines This is a 200-page book divided into 17 chapters and five case studies. The chapters examine military operations from Napoleon to Germany, the Soviet Union, and the United States. Friedman also considers a theory of operational art, enabled through educated planners, synchronizing six functions for tactical commanders, including administration, information, operations, space, time, and forces, fire support, logistics, and command and control. On Operations, Operational Art and Military Disciplines, concludes with reviewing five case studies, the Austerlitz Campaign, 1805, the Koningratz Campaign, 1866, Atlantic Campaign, 1914-1918, Battle of Britain, 1940, and Operation Watchtower, Solomon Islands, 1942-1943. Friedman emphasises that there is no one route to victory, no guarantees, no certainties, and no simple answers. Instead, on Operations, Operational Art and Military Disciplines, advances the theory providing a tool for greater clarity, which is at its best when it helps readers think through factors on campaigning operational art, without trying to prescribe solutions. When Friedman does employ prescriptions, they address organisational solutions. The Operational Level of War and Operational Art Friedman supports Sir Michael Howard's view on the Prussian General Staff System, which spread throughout the world, as perhaps the great military innovation of the 19th century. These general staffs were developed to cope with the expanding complexity and scale of modern war from the Napoleonic Wars, 1803 to 1815. At the same time general staffs were developed, another coping mechanism was the invention of the operational level of war, which Friedman argues amputates tactics from strategy and is problematic at best and realness at worst. In contrast to the operational level of war, Friedman's view is that operational art more effectively defines what military staffs do to support and sustain tactics in the pursuit of strategy. Reflecting the importance of operational art to realising strategy through campaigning and tactics, ADF Doctrine defines operational art as the ability of skilled planners to translate, employ and require. Translate. Strategy into campaigns and ultimately tactical actions. The essence of campaigning is operational art, which imposes a governing logic on operations, tactics, and logistics to achieve immediate objectives within a campaign. Strategy by means of operational design into tactical actions that are coherently arranged by a commander in time, space, and purpose. At its core, operational art is about synchronisation of distributed operations conducted through manoeuvre in depth. Professional military education and training into the foundation of operational art. This education is attained through professional reading and study. Experience then grounds and reinforces this education. Employee. Military forces to attain strategic goals through design, organization, sequencing, and direction of campaigns and major operations. Two methods. One, operational design, and two, the arrangement of military action. Through these two methods, plans identify the required ends of the military action the possible ways of achieving that end, and the military means necessary. Campaigning for the full spectrum of armed conflict, even in a permissive environment such as humanitarian operations. The Joint Military Appreciation Process provides a problem-solving framework for operational art. Six steps of the campaign cycle. 1. Gaining situational understanding. 2. Planning. 3. Preparation. 4. Execution. 5. Assessment, and 6. Adaptation. Finally, require. Require a commander to identify the military conditions or end state that constitute the strategic objective. Decide campaign objectives to achieve for the desired end state. Order a sequence of actions that lead to fulfilment of campaign objectives. Apply the military resources allocated to sustain the desired sequence of actions. Gray notes that military strategy is done by tactics and operational art. Tactics are the use of armed force, and operational art is the use of armed force in campaigns to achieve military and political results. Strategic performance in war is generated by the strategic effort of the net costs and gains of the campaign of which the war consists. In other words, strategy, no matter how apparently brilliant, is moot until somebody does it. Supporting Friedman's thesis that the operational level of war as a fundamentally Western concept does not exist, Gray quotes Clausewitz, stating, War has a grammar, but not a policy logic of its own. Both Gray and Clausewitz posit that there remains an enduring requirement for policy and strategy to understand both the grammar of war, how war works as war, as physical conditions and tactical challenges in action wherein people live and die in combat, and the policy logic of war. Through the concept of war's grammar and policy's logic, Gray emphasises that the threat and use of force is not a self-validating exercise. He notes that military action has political meaning only through a strategic effort. For Gray, war is not what strategy is about, any more than is battle. Strategy is about achieving the policy goals that translate as peace with security, whatever those two contestable concepts may mean to particular communities. Tactical strategic interdependencies exemplify the challenge in developing a logic for an operational level of war. Klauswitz wrote, In war, more than any other subject, we must begin by looking at the nature of the whole. Gray attests to the pattern of multiple reciprocal dependencies that interconnect, indeed bind, strategy's many vital dimensions. Identifying complex interdependencies underlies the empathetically non-hierarchical concept of strategy. Who invented the operational level of war? Friedman asserts that it is a myth the Red Army of the Soviet Union invented the operational level of war in the first decades of the 20th century. Instead, Friedman explains that in response to Vladimir Lenin and Joseph Stalin, the self-proclaimed master strategists articulating the class character of war, operational art became a safe place in which Soviet officers could discuss their trade. Sometime thereafter, when operational art spread to other military forces, the concept morphed into the idea of the operational level of war. Once morphed from operational art to the operational level of war, the concept began to separate tactics from strategy. This separation included defining the operational level of war as a politics-free zone, a level of command such as core level and above, a measure of scale including numbers of people and amount of material involved, a linking of tactics across time sequenced into cumulative effects, a distance over which military forces could travel, a function, including sequencing, resourcing, and conducting a series of battles within a theatre, and finally, a doctrine, defining common operational methods. With the exception of Napoleon's core level of command, Friedman's analysis is that examples of the operational level of war were all employed prior to the Napoleonic Wars, 1803 to 1815. As evidence, Friedman traces attributes and aspects of the operational level of war throughout history, including the Peloponnesian Wars, 431-405 BC, Second Punic War, 218-202 BC, Gallic Wars, 58-50 BC, Roman Civil War, 49-45 BC, Early Rise of Islam, 632-700 AD, Mongol Conquests, 1205-1292 AD, French and Indian War, 1754-1763 AD Seven Years' War, 1756-1763 AD and American War of Independence, 1775-1783 AD Operational Art Operational art is a supporting effort to both tactics and strategy. Removing operational art from the requirements of its own level eliminates the operational level of war as a block to the interaction between strategy and tactics. Operational art focused on planning, preparing, conducting and sustaining military actions enables activities distinct from both tactics and strategy. This means that operational art continues to require a foundation in tactics and a connection to strategy, but no longer encroaches or interposes itself between them. Importantly, operational art comprises the disciplines required to place military forces in an advantageous position to employ tactics to achieve strategic effect. Enabling operational art is a system of professional practice for military staff, extending from high command to frontline units, like a military nerve system. The origins of this system followed Prussia's defeat by Napoleon at Jena Osted, 14 October 1806. In the aftermath in 1807, Prussian General Gerhard von Svanhorst initiated reforms seeking to replicate Napoleon's personal military genius through a merit-based professionally trained, educated and practiced military staffs. The General Staff took shape in 1816, and at a core and division level, comprised four sections – Tactics and Strategy, Administration, Logistics, and Fire Support. For optimal development, the General Staff undertook rigorous entry examinations, academy-based education, assignments to fighting units, and service as Headquarters staff. Optimal development of General Staff institutionalised military excellence, enabling personal habits of initiative, responsibility, technical tactical proficiency, objectivity in analysis, and historical study. Outstanding General Staff was selected as the IA, or First General Staff Officer. The IA was the staff to Lieutenant Colonel or Major serving on a Prussian division or higher. The IA led the unit staff coordination of logistics, movement and tactics, communicated to senior and flanking headquarters, nurtured subject matter expertise, served as a mentor teacher, And was the primary advisor to the unit commander the ia's relationship to the unit commander was so close that a commander and an ia would sometimes progress up the ranks as a pair always assigned to the same unit together in a contemporary staff system friedman recommends that operational art is realized through one enabling the people to share their talents with the world to reach their personal professional and cultural potential the person demonstrates a proclivity for staff work then we must enable that talent through a competitive and then prioritized staff career pathway, including tailored staff testing, training, education, development, and experience. The ADF should also cease the practice of using staff as mere waiting rooms for officers until command positions are available. Two, doctrine recognizing that commanders supported by organizational theory and practice continually organize, reorganize, and reorient their staff to achieve policy and strategic objectives through tactical actions. Three, training decision-making processes, always with a commander and or mentor intimately involved in the process. Four, education studying staffs and organizational theory, including key staff experiences, historical case studies, methods of collaboration and commander's perspective. Education includes training people to serve as chiefs of staff who, next to a commander, are the most important leaders on a headquarters. This education seeks to create chiefs of staff equivalent in capability, capacity, and influence to the IA or First General Staff Officer. Five, facilities assuring staff access to accurate information, relevant data, secure communications, analytical tools, subject matter expertise, and ergonomically appropriate workspaces. Conclusion. This review examined Brett Friedman's ideas on the operational level of war and operational art. As noted at the introduction, this reviewer is challenging more than 20 years of personal professional military education, experience and thinking. Friedman writes that the operational level of war blocks the grammar of tactics interacting with the logic of strategy. As an alternative, Friedman argues an optimal war fighting system includes calculated relationships of tactics interacting with strategy, supported and enabled by operational art, professionally educated planners, and appropriate organisational structures. Friedman, and others, make a compelling argument. This argument should now elevate as professional reading, review, and reflection by ADF personnel. Thanks for listening to this audio article by The Cove. Don't forget to download the Cove app. It's PME in your pocket, anywhere, anytime.